Welcome to the We're Better Together podcast. I'm Ian Stevenson. And I'm Daniel Ardunia. Each month, we're excited to bring you an incredible interview with someone who has experience in facilitating an environment where people work better together. And each week, we'll share some actionable tips and strategies that you can implement in your daily life to help you function better together, whether it's in your marriage, family, team, workplace, church, or community. Thanks for spending time with us today. Now let's jump into some content and get better together. Hey everybody, welcome back. We've got a great interview for you today. A guy who's uh, been a huge mentor in my life, made a massive impact in my life, has taught me so much about um, this whole idea of working better together. I've watched him sacrifice. I've watched him just do so much to get a lot of people working better together. And so he's a friend of mine. Uh, he was a, a lead pastor of a, a large church for 30 years. Um, he now leads and works with other church planters, guys that are church planting all around the country. He's been married over 40 years, has a beautiful family. Um, he's a great friend. So I want you guys to welcome into our studio uh, Tim Selleck today. So Tim, we're going to welcome you in here, buddy. Thanks for Tim, thanks for being here today, man. Welcome hey, to our studio. It's good to be here, man. Real good. Look at Daniel's smile. That big old <laughs> smile. Wish I had a yeah. smile like that. <laughs> and hair. You wish you, you wish you had hair um, like that too. Don't you? I don't even say that to him because I, <laughs> you know, he could cut off some and he'd still have much left. And I <laughs> Uh, hey, Tim, as we begin this, which is real funny, too, Tim, we're, Tim and I were actually in a video together serving in our city at Costa Mesa High School, and he got next to me, and we were kind of letting him borrow a little bit of that yeah. hair for the little video, yeah. too. Right. So, uh, Tim, for our listeners that are listening in, we love to just start in the place of really getting to know uh, who it is that we're interviewing a little bit first. So for you, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, what some of your passions are, what family looks like for you. Well, I, I grew up in uh, Northwest Ohio, uh, to be specific, a place called Port Clinton. Nobody's heard of that, but um, it's, a, it's a neat little town and grew up there for 20 some years. Went to college in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, um, school called Marquette University, wrestled a little bit there. Um, after college, uh, made my way to California um, with my first real official job, I guess you could call it, um, with Campus Crusade for Christ. It was the athletic division called Athletes in Action. That brought us out here in about um, 1982 uh, into California. So that's what brought us into California at that time. And uh, we've been in California ever since. My wife and I were married. Um, see, my junior year, of going into my junior year of college, her senior year of college. And uh, we've been this, this coming August, depending on when people are listening to this podcast. Um, it's like Ian said, 40 plus years. Uh, this summer will be 43 years. 43 Amazing. years. We have two kids, um, 37 year old and about to turn 35 year old next Monday and uh, two son-in-laws. Great, great, great guys and two grandsons. And um, this it's really a special opportunity. I'll still live pretty close by um, here in Orange County, California. And see, let's see. I, I guess um, I was on staff. Um, not I guess I was on staff of a phenomenal church in Santa Ana, California, called Calvary Church Santa Ana. I was there on staff from about um, 83 to 88, right in there. Um, and 
for the most part, started the, what was called a singles ministry. Back at that time, I, I don't even think the singles ministry exists to this day, but a lot of that's due to how ministries shift and specialized programming happens, right? So, uh, but that was really big back in that particular time when I started it. And then um, in the fall of 1988, September 1988, and Ian would know this all too well, um, we launched out with this brand new church in the city of Costa Mesa. At, at that time, the church was called Calvary Church Newport Mesa because that was the church we were being sent out from and then because we kept getting confused like we answered Calvary Chapel's phones for like 20 years or something like that I mean we just like we would all we were the best known church that nobody knew of because we were answering their phones and our phone lines so we finally changed our name to the Crossing Church Um, and uh, but it's all the same church for those 30 years Handed the church off. I didn't want to be the old guy that overstayed. So intentionally, about five years before with the board at the Crossing Church, we planned out um, uh, uh, just a path of how we would go about succession. And uh, on its 30th anniversary, which was in the fall of 2018, handed the church off to a great young man, uh, Andrew Brownback, who is now the present leader of the Crossing Church. And, you know, he's he's just knocking out of the park. Um, like I'd said a lot back then, um, the best days of the crossing are ahead of it. And, uh, man, I still attend there. And I see that the best days definitely are ahead for the church called the Crossing Church. And now I get to serve. I guess I get to pay it forward or pay it back. I, I mean, how do you look at it? Um, I'm not the smartest two in the shed. So I get to stand. I got to stand on the shoulders of a lot of men and women over those 30 years. And so now I get to do that very same thing. I get to be somebody else's floor. You know, <laughs> they can stand on my shoulders and um, and hopefully they can rise well above as church planters all across the country. Mm. So I get to do that with an organization called Stadia. And uh, the website for that is stadiachurchplanting.org. <clears throat> so that's a quick summary. Hope that yes. was fast enough, but that, that's a summary of my life. That's super cool, Tim. You know, I, I think about what you're doing now with Stadia and you're really trying to help uh, other leaders figure out how to be better together, like, right, yeah. how to coalesce a group of people around um, what they believe and what they're about and to work better together. So you're really in the same kind of work we're doing on this podcast. You're doing that all the time. You're coaching people. That's right. right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. The single most important factor to any brand new church start it's not a music pastor. It's 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 not a, a, a facility. Um, it's the ability to coalesce and gather and organize uh, around a central mission or vision. Different organizations call mission or vision different things, right? But it's it's to coalesce or organize people around that um, grand narrative and then point them to a preferred future. Mm-hmm. And that's what's most important for for church planters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in, in our little uh, mantra here, we talk about focus, adjust, persevere. And that, what you just said, Tim, is clearly the focus part, right? Like knowing your mission, knowing your vision, having the ability to coalesce people around that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where it all starts, right? Yep. yep. Yeah. And, and you know, the, and, and it really you can see that in church planters. The church planters that, that understand that, um, uh, I I now understand it from an intentional perspective. 34 years ago, it was just intuitive. I mean, it wasn't something that was 
fully formed or even understood. I think it was just a part of the, the idea that I love being in teams, right? And love working together in teams. But, but, um, but now knowing what it takes to, to see something start from scratch to, to grow, the, the most important thing is to literally organize and cast vision and bring people around um, a, a guiding um, focus, a guiding principle, a guiding vision. And the planters that can do that, um, yeah, sure, you need, still need a location. Sure, you still need a, a, a you still need, you know, s- uh, some other kinds of things that, that make it fly. But the ones who can do that do very well. They do very well. Yeah, Tim, for you, as you, as, as you said, maybe there were things that were intuitive uh, back then. But as you think back to the beginnings of the crossing before it was called the crossing, yep. um, whether it was just whether it was just you and your wife, eight people, 20 people, um, I'm sure that that didn't happen alone. And what did that look like some in terms of of an entrepreneur of launching some, something out as we think, hey, not just even in the church context, that's your example, but we may have listeners that are young people starting a club on campus or um, or anyone that is is chasing after something. What did that kind of look like for you? Well, I think, it, Daniel, it starts with having a, a real clear um, you know, again, some people call it a mission statement. Some people call it a vision statement. So I'm not going to qual- quibble about, you know, um, words. But I think you have to really understand what is your purpose. And and right from the get go. Um, and Ian knows this because he was a part of that prior to him launching out this great organization called uh, Trellis. And um, wh- one of the things that's so important is having a, a purpose that will like guide you and that you're focused on and you will not literally deter from you just it's like right like always on the horizon and you're always focused at that and there's a belligerentness uh, i don't know what the right word is a stubbornness um a resoluteness that that's that's where we're going you still have to paint the picture of why for us at the crossing we used to say um, we, we want to back in the long time ago, we changed it to helping people who are saying no to God, say yes to him. But back a long time ago, we, we just said we were out there to reach non-churched, non-believers um, with the good news of Jesus Christ. And so as long as there was one non-church, non-believer in the greater Costa Mesa area, we were going to keep doing whatever we needed to do. Music style, speaking um, small groups, um, programming, um, you name it, we were going to do it to be able to attract that person. And the compelling nature for me was, and I still believe this to this very day, that without Jesus, um, you, you don't have an eternal trajectory in heaven forever. Um, in, in other words, we're all, we're all headed, um, you know, to a hellbound existence. And I, I know maybe that's not the best thing to get into, but, but that, that's where we're seeking. That's where we're, we're already going to. But, but I just kept saying, Hey, you got friends, you got family, you got neighbors, you got coworkers. And I know you love them and you hope the best for them. Well, let's introduce them together to Jesus. And, uh, and then that was the focus, Daniel. So, so it was always now that it was always staying true to that purpose, right? So like in my case or in a church's case, I can only do it in a church's case. If somebody wanted us to be like this church or that church or somebody else's church, I would just say, 
hey, that's great. They're them. God bless them. I hope God continues to use them, but that's not us. Or if somebody would come to the crossing back in those days and they would say, hey, I'd like to see this happen. I'd like to see that happen. I'd like to see, how about this? I, I had a, literally, I had a sheet in my drawer um, back then with all the list of all the churches and all the names and all the service times. And I would just say, I would hand them the sheet and I would say, this, this is the church you're talking about right here. That's the church you want because we're not going to do that. So you don't want to come here because we're not going to change to be like that because this is why we exist. Mm-hmm. So I, I would just say if somebody's doing, if somebody's coalescing a group of people around a preferred future, you've got to know what that future is. And then you've got to be willing to stay true to that, both in the highs and in the lows. And uh, it's easy in the highs. It's it's hard when you're getting your your butt kicked sometimes. That's really good. I, I think Tim, for you too, your your story is your story. Even as you share about uh, eternal purpose, the drive towards what what is eternal future. And I think even within that, whether uh, our listeners would would have that same faith background, they can grab a hold of the focus that you just talked about when they think about themselves. Ian, for you, what what's coming to mind with all of this great stuff that Tim's putting out there? Well, you know, I, I had the privilege of walking with Tim in this for 27 and a half years. We worked together. And uh, Tim, you know, we, we talk about the focus, suggest, persevere thing. But the thing about you that I just so respected over the years, and, and you hit on it in what you just said a little bit, just that resolute commitment to going for the thing and not getting sidetracked. And there's a there's a perseverance that's required for that, right? Like there's a not giving up, not quitting. I'm, I'm staying at this. And I know over the years, there's probably been a lot of times where you felt like giving up or quitting or, you know, not staying in it. So what, what would you say to our listeners who maybe, you know, they're fighting for something in their they're fighting for something in their workplace or their church or their city or whatever. Um, What would you say to them would help them get through that whole persevering piece that you modeled so well? Well, I think the biggest thing is, is, and, and I share this with planters because over the season, again, depending on when your listeners are listening to this podcast, um, the whole experience with the pandemic, um, you know, I, I was uh, I was in it with church planters that like one had just been three weeks old when when the pandemic hit. And uh, and there were some that were six weeks old, some some that were six months old, um, some some that were just getting ready to launch at Easter uh, 2020. <laughs> you know? And uh, and and then I just had to keep reminding them when because you know, a crisis isn't what is a crisis to me and what is a crisis to you is two different things. Hmm. And so when, when I when perseverance is needed, I, I might look at what you're going through and go, that's 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 lightweight, man. What are you, what are you, what are you talking about that? You need perseverance to go through that. And then somebody else is going through something else. And I'm going like, there's no way I would ever want to be in that situation. Right. And then they're looking at us going, hey, that's nothing. Um, and so. I would just always say at that moment, you've got to know what you're called to. Hmm. And I, and I really do believe that 
there's something mysterious about a calling. And, and we don't talk much about that, um, particularly in Christian circles any longer. We, we dabble and we flit from thing to thing to thing. But when it's like, um, like take marriage, for example, if, if you're going through a rough patch in your marriage and you, 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 you stood up in front of someone at one point in time and said, I do for better or worse, richer or for poor, sickness and health, right? And the calling there is, it's like you, you made a decision to stay committed. Like you felt called to this individual. So when you're going through that rough patch, no matter what the patch is, you just say, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay in it because of that committed calling. And so when people are languishing and they're needing to keep on keeping on, I think part of it is you have to return to what, why, like, why, why is it I'm doing this? Why is it that this is important? And again, I'm doing this for an audience of one. If, if no one ever sees what it is I'm pursuing, no one ever notices what it is I'm doing. I'm going to keep on keeping on. And, um, <clears throat> you know, here in the United States, <clears throat> We, we, we uh, sometimes chafe at what we, per, what we consider persecution. I think of people planting churches because of the organization I'm with. They're planting churches in, in India and Myanmar. And I mean, th there are places there where they've been, they've been trying to communicate the good news of Jesus Christ, not just for months, not just for years, but for, for like decades and they've only seen three to five to seven converts. Hmm. But they, they, they know they're called to reach people with the good news of Jesus Christ. And they want to take as many people to heaven with them one day. And they're just going to keep on keeping on. And so I, I don't know. I, I just think calling sometimes it's hard to hmm. understand. But if you know why you're here on earth, you pursue it and, and you mm. pursue it with a, with a focus that you just don't air from. So do you think some people are just like wired more that way, you know, where they, they feel the sense of calling and other people who maybe really struggle with the persevering factor, maybe they're not clear on their calling. They don't know, like, you know, they're, they're wrangling in a dessert. There's something you might share to help people kind of, discover their calling to to get clear on what they're called into so that they can have that kind of resolute perseverance that's needed to to really see the kind of unity and, and working together that they're hoping for yeah i i think there's a lot of different organizations that can help you you know try to discern that right um and i'm sure you could put some in your you know, your, your notes, uh, show notes and stuff. But um, <clears throat> I think it always helps to have people around you who will, like, like Paul talks about with, with Timothy, that he fanned in the flames, that, that, that gift that was inside of him. And so I think what's important for every one of us is, is to find someone or someones who can, we can be around 
who will be champions for us, who, who, who will not just call out the best from us, but also point out what's the best in us. And then in the process of that, keep, keep us like, like a blinder thing, keep us pointed toward that. I think when we're young, yeah, we, we want our children and others to, to like, you know, seek out, try out, experience uh, numbers of different options. But as you, as you age, we want people to kind of keep helping us hone in. Now, mm-hmm. the, the unique part of that, Ian, is it takes a, a large degree of humility to submit yourself to other people. And I, I think there's a lack of willingness oftentimes in our culture to submit ourselves to a, a, a body of people to say, what do you see for me? Hmm. You know, you think about how they used to choose names long time ago, right? Long, long. They chose names based on how they saw an individual. Um, my name, Timothy, I, my, my parents just gave it to me, but it means to honor God. Now, uh, you know, and it, and, and who would have thought that that's would have would have ended up being true for for me? But I think what they did is they watched the character of the individual. They watched the competencies of the individual, the capacities of the individual, and then they gave that that person's name. And then that person literally was to step into that reality for who they were. We we just sometimes we don't submit ourselves to the to the tribe anymore, right? Or to the to the to the people. Um, and there's a part of us, be individualistic. I'm not against that. But in order to get somewhere, you got to be around others and be with, in it with others. Tim, as you say that, as you hit uh, this idea of humility, uh, you also said something earlier in your intro just about your life and, and where you've gotten to where you are now. Of uh, These were not your words, so I don't want to mess them up. But no, somewhere yeah. along the lines of you, you didn't want to hold on longer than you were supposed to within the pastoral role that you had. Yeah. Was that something that you had to grow into that idea or was that something that was already innate within you? And whichever one that is, what kind of wisdom would you give to our people in this sense of of moving yourself from standing on other shoulders to your shoulders being stood on in the words that you used. Yeah, Daniel. I mean, the reality is we're all interim pastors, you know, just in, in our line of, you know, like where I was at. Right. And um, um, where I started a church was in Orange County, California. Uh, I feel like I, 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 you know, I don't know you all that well, Daniel. I know Ian's only about, you know, seven or eight years south of me. Um, but I got more energy than both of you. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, just, I mean, you know, just like, I still have energy, right? I still have enthusiasm, but the reality is where, where, where church is done in Orange County, I think it's a young, young man, a young woman's, um, position. Um, Mm -hmm. I really do. Uh, because just in churches, you reach maybe 10 years North, 10 years South of your age. And, and I don't know, I, I just always knew that the crossing church, you know, one of the things I used to love about the crossing Daniel is that people didn't call it Tim Selleck's church. People would say they're going to, they're going to cross it to the crossing today, or, Hey, come, come to the crossing or n- nobody's ever said, Hey, let's check out Tim Selleck's church. <laughs> um, Cause it, that, that it, from day one, it, the, the, uh, you know, we, we had Ian, we had, 
we had all these different people, Randy Moretis, Dale Winston, Bruce Swordfager. I mean, you know, it could go on and on and on, you know, did I say Dale Winston, um, you know, Patrick Deccan, you know, uh, all these different people, um, Ryan Anderson, um, you know, Debbie Collette. We just had all these people who every person was necessary. And you talk about being better together. Yeah. Um, there was a, I was like the primary vision caster and the primary vision monitor or gatekeeper sometimes to my detriment and to the church's detriment but um everybody just like they made the church um so i don't know i i mean i'm not all that and and then some i'm just a human being and well, you, you are humble, Tim. And, you know, in, in so many of these interviews that we've come up with, you know, one of the key elements that's required for a leader that helps make things better together is a degree of humility. Um, even in, in our interview with Drew Tranquil, the linebacker for the San Diego Chargers, as we asked him about the, the leaders on teams that he's been a part of, and what the attributes were that they exhibited that brought about a stronger team, it was humility. Um, so for the leader to do that, and and you've done that, Tim. You're, you're a humble dude, and it doesn't mean you're soft, man. You you know what you are going after, and you go after it hard, um, and, and you're humble in the middle of it because you realize you need other people. So I want to thank you for how you modeled that to me, I, I even got to be part of that team with you uh, for so many years. And um, we're super excited that you're now pouring and coaching other leaders and how to do that well in their settings. Um, but we do want to ask you before we wrap this up, like as you talk to our listeners, like, and you're thinking about these people in all different contexts that they might be working in? What's one thing you'd want to make sure they didn't miss out on when it comes to helping people work better together? Um, I just, I just, uh, what made me think of that as soon as you asked me that question was, um, I closed out a message yesterday um, with this phrase, uh, just remember it's easier to make excuses than make up your mind. And, uh, when I think about what you just asked, I, I, I do think that we, we, we don't have enough people that just make up their mind. Like they intend, like you, you intend to have a good marriage. You, you, you intend to be uh, a, a godly leader. You, you intend to um, bring um, unity to your business or your co-working team. It's, it's like, it's so much easier to make excuses than to make up your mind. Hmm. But if you make up your mind to say, this is what it's going to look like and then move forward in it, then excuses just all fall by the wayside. And, um, and then you have a good marriage. You, you lead a great church. You you bring health and wholeness and, and, and unity to your, your workplace. Um, it just, I, I don't know how to describe it that way, but 
it's like uh, like so like good intentions are seldom good enough. Um, you know, that's another phrase I like to say a lot of times is they you can't good intention yourself into a great life. You, you got to you got to make up your mind. And um, now what you make up your mind to do, I think, needs to be godly and good and right. Um, but as you do that, then then go for it and be all in. So good. That is so good. Tim, we are so grateful for you taking time out of your schedule, your day to join us for this interview. We believe that it's going to get utilized well for whoever our listeners are, whoever chooses to dig into this. So, Tim, from Ian and I, we just want to say thank you very much again for coming on the We Are Better Together podcast. You're welcome, guys. Thank you. All right, Tim. You have a great day, buddy. So good. So good. Uh, I think as we close it out, the two things that really stuck out to me uh, was one when he was talking at one point about this sense. uh, I gathered the sense of like, know who you are and what it is that you're chasing after and not veering from that because of other people trying to make you something that you're not. Um, And that was one that really stuck out to me. Not that we would never change in, in our growth, but I loved when he was just saying when, when he knew who they were supposed to be and when that team knew they weren't going to change. And it was okay if that meant someone went to somewhere else that was different, not bad, but different than that. Um, that was huge. And then I just, I really appreciate too his, his humility and just talking about that sense that I take away. And I hope some listeners take away of whether it would be you leaving a position, grab a hold of that idea of how can you also be shoulders that other people can stand on. Um, those are the two big takeaways for me. What about for you, Ian? Oh man, I've, I've taken so much away from Tim over the years. You, you, I couldn't even write it all down, but I think from that conversation, it's, you know, the, and what I appreciate so much about Tim is his dogged determination, his resoluteness to be, know what you're going to be about and stick to it and stay at it. Like Mm. that's how you get to unity. That's how you get to pulling people together. And, And I loved how he talks about the calling and just knowing your conviction and your calling, um, just how important that is. And whether you're called to be a husband or a wife or a, a leader of a family or a business or whatever it is, like know it, be clear on it and go for it with dogged determination. Um, I mean, you can even for our listeners, especially those of you who are watching visually, you can tell Tim's a bulldog, man. He just goes after it. And uh, I, I love that about him. So uh, for all our listeners today, we we hope this has been encouraging to you in some way. We will uh, put into our our notes ways for you to contact Tim if you are interested in church planning or being involved in that in some way. He'll tell you about Stadia, incredible organization that helps church planners. And um, we are so grateful for our listeners. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope this has served you and you have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much. We'll see you all next week with a 10-minute tune-up. And we'll see you next month again with another interview.